Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hey everybody, welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. Happy to be here with you again for yet another exciting episode of Live On Purpose. I hope that you're doing that. I hope that you go out there every day and realize whose hands are on the wheel in your life, that it's it's up to you really to drive this life of yours. Who better to drive your life than you? And we want to help you to live on purpose. As usual, I have an exciting guest in studio with me here today. I'd like to introduce my good friend and colleague, Dr. Jason Adams. Hello, Jason. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm excited to be here. I am great. I am fantastic. I am so good. Well, we won't go all the way down that trail. <laughs> I'm, I'm having fun. Well, I can tell, Paul. You know what? You and I had a good chat today. Uh, for those of you who are listening in, uh, Jason and I have spent some time together today kind of preparing for the show and talking about some of the things that we wanted to talk about. And our history goes back a ways. Yeah. So maybe I'll introduce you a little bit and then give you a chance to talk a little bit about who you are and maybe correct some of the things that I get wrong. It sounds good. Sounds Dr. great. Dr. Jason Adams. Jason Adams, Ph.D. And the Ph.D. that you have is in clinical psychology. Correct which is very similar to my degree. I would say it's... In fact, yeah, it's the same it's the one. Same and we got it from the same university, too. Correct, yes. From Brigham Young University. I got to know Jason, I don't even know how many years ago. Oh, it's close to at least eight. eight. Probably eight. I was thinking we were pushing a decade here. It could be, yeah, actually. And uh, we were affiliated and associated with the same mental health clinic, Preferred Family Clinic, and I've mentioned the clinic several times on this show. What a great legacy that created for both of us. Yes, I would agree. And, and some wonderful associations and learning opportunities that we had through our associations there. And you have uh, this degree in clinical psychology, and you've chosen to do a number of interesting things with your degree. Similar to me, uh, you've, you've specialized or worked with families, with children, uh, with troubled teens, uh, with assessments, psychological assessments and testing. And we did some of that together through Preferred Family Clinic. But since then, you've moved on and, and uh, taken on some responsibilities and some wilderness programs, treatment programs for, for teens. Um, I know I'm just giving a very general overview of all of this, but uh, that maybe will give the listeners a little bit of flavor for who you are and what you do. Sure. What yeah. would you like to add to that? Um. Well, working at Preferred Family Clinic was quite quite an experience. I enjoyed that. I got to work with families and children and teenagers. You know, and I found mm -hmm. that I had a passion for that, that I really enjoyed working with teenagers especially um, and, their, mm -hmm. and their parents and families. And I know that, that you've done quite a bit of work with that in your, mm -hmm. your parental power CDs. And, and mm -hmm. you know, and my experience at Preferred Family Clinic was um, 
in, in many ways, you were a mentor of mine and, hmm. and, and again, we became friends and it was just a great experience for me to, to learn some of those principles and be able to teach them to, to families. Mm-hmm. You know, and then afterward I went to, to working in wilderness programs where I would actually drive to the wilderness area and work with these teens that had been out there. Not always happy to be there, the, mm. the teens, but, but still uh, in, in a place where they were learning uh, important structure and ability mm-hmm. to, to manage their own difficulties as, as they saw the need for having self-control, that type of thing. So a lot of great experience mm-hmm. working continually with uh, teenagers and parents that were struggling to communicate with each other. This is such an important aspect of people's lives. And you found this, I'm sure, as you were working with the Wilderness Program. And you and I were affiliated with a, with a, a youth treatment program years ago called Youth Reclamation. Yes. Uh, wherein we got to work with a lot of these families as well. And my experience and your experience, as we've talked a little bit, has been very similar. That these families have, have a priority on their family. Sometimes it gets a little out of whack and it creates a problem for them, but the distress that they feel in their life if their family is not in the right place is tremendous. Oh, absolutely. You know, and we were talking a little earlier today that I think even with the best intentions that we we get sidetracked about the importance of those relationships. You know, even parents, when they're trying to earn a living for the family. Maybe that's father mostly, or maybe that's father and mother. And they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to provide for the needs of their family, but also provide something better for their children than they had. And they get caught up in the pressures of doing that in a world that has so much going on that even with best intentions, you fall out of the loop and maybe you don't realize you're not spending that quality time or focusing on cultivating or keeping strong the relationships that are most important to you, or even the reasons why you're doing what you're doing, you know, those mm-hmm. children and your spouse, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So it can, it can be very consuming definitely, to their time and their energy and their resources to get so caught up in. And, and really, the ultimate goal is for providing for that family, or as I've been talking about lately, funding the family mission. Yes. That's what the career is there for in the first place. And if not that, then what's it for? Right. You know, just with Christmas passing, you know, parents and Santa Claus included love seeing the faces of children as they receive their different things. Like for my five-year-old is a, anything related to a cartoon show called Ben 10 or mm-hmm. Transformers or anything like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, for older teens, maybe their iPods or something like that. Or their but new a, cell phones. Or their new cell phones, yes. I'm looking at my smiling teen over there behind there the control go. panel. <laughs> Ryan got a new cell phone for Christmas. But you know, we, I think we get caught up sometimes in, in that being the, the end of, of our working hard, when in reality, I think the, the thing that our, our kids really want the most is our time. And I, we've heard that anecdotally in lots of different things, maybe in commercials or other things, that what, you're, what your kids really want is you. But sometimes mm-hmm. we get caught up in providing the things that we, that we know will make them happy. But 
they're about things rather than about the relationship. And I really think that focusing on the relationship sometimes can be hard because it's about work. It's about continually making sure that relationship is cultivated the same way growing any type of thing would be. You have to mm -hmm. know there are going to be hard times and good times and you have to work through that. And there's a dynamic way this relationship works. And mm -hmm. so you have to be willing to put the time and effort in. And sometimes we get overwhelmed by our time commitments and we have so much to do that we don't realize how much we're inhibiting uh, the cultivation of that relationship. With your experience and background, Jason, I want to pick your brain a little bit today. Okay. And uh, we can maybe pool our expertise here because we come from similar backgrounds, at least professionally. You've worked with dozens, hundreds of families and you have observed a number of dynamics. You've observed a number of processes and, and, and uh, patterns within families that lead to certain kinds of outcomes. And I want to help our listeners to gain a greater understanding of what works and what doesn't work. And I've got this basic philosophy that you do more of what works and less of what doesn't. And that sounds great. That is so profound, isn't it? It is. It's quite. Isn't that just earth, yes. earth shattering? It is. But the trick sometimes is figuring <laughs> out, okay, which is in which side? You know, what is it that works? What is it that doesn't? Right. And I would love for you to share some of the observations that you have made through the course of your career so far and all of these families that you've worked with. And, and keep in mind, listeners, that, that Dr. Adams, Dr. Jason, you might start going by that. You know, that's kind that's of trendy. That's true. Yeah, possibly. Right. It's kind of trendy. Well, you know, I used to be Dr. Jenkins in my clinical practice. Right. And I've become Dr. Paul as a coach. I don't know why, for sure. But we can call cool. you either, right? Dr. Right. Jason, Dr. Adams. Uh, with the experience that you've had with these families, you have seen some of the things that really don't work. You've seen what causes the problems in the families. Definitely. And I think we could spend a little bit of time on today's show just illuminating what those things are so people know what to watch out for. But beyond that, I would really like to provide some, some resources and tools and ideas about what does work. That sounds great. I'd love to do that. In fact, I think, you know, the fun, and you may have experienced this yourself, when you get a chance to work with other families and, and see the difficulties they're going through, you get some vicarious learning. And you get to say, oh. whoa, this hasn't worked there. I could be on that road myself. And it's how powerful I, stuff. Yeah, it's I've great. seen so many examples of things that I don't want to do. You know, and the funny thing is, too, and maybe you've experienced this, too, you have to be able to sit back in your own life I mean, even though we have been trained and have gone through this and have been in a position to help other people and their, and their children and, and themselves as parents, you still fall into the same traps yourself. And you have to be willing to, I guess, be humble enough to say, hey, take a step back and look and, and be willing to do the same things you would teach other people to do. Mm -hmm. So It's really easy to give advice. Yes, it is. And if we could all live by our own best advice, how much better off would we be? Much better. So some of your observations. Give us a little preview, and then as we come back from our first commercial break, we can really start to dive into it. Well, you know, I think it starts, you know, I've seen from a very young age that structure makes a whole, whole lot of difference in parenting, just consistency. I think there needs to be a balance between 
between love and structure. Um, also, kind of noticing where we are. We have to be willing to look at our own selves and what, what our own issues are as parents. And some of those things are very hard to do, um, hard to, to see where you, where, what effect you might be having on others. Um, and so humility, I think, you know, things that come in my mind are things that work are related to humility and gratitude and, you know, being willing to forgive. The things that don't work are kind of being stuck in, in your own mindset, not realizing the effect you might be having on others, whether it's your spouse or your children. And when you get overwhelmed by the things that are going on in your life, and we all do get overwhelmed by situations, not being able to see outside of that enough to change what we're doing, you know, to, to really take control again and live on purpose. That's a great introduction. Let's dive into some of those ideas as we come back from this first commercial break. Everybody stick with us. We've got Dr. Jason Adams with Live On Purpose Radio. you want to read growing faster than the pile of books you have read abundant reading systems course can help you you'll learn a skill that allows you to read much more rapidly and you can retain more of what you read i was actually quite surprised at my original benchmark this morning to be able to do as well as i did i almost tripled my benchmarks uh, and increased my comprehension so i feel good about what i learned abundant reading systems brings you an all-new single-day speed reading workshop where you'll learn the principles behind effective reading and double your current reading speed guaranteed this belief started to grow inside of me that i thought you know, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read. And uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. At the end of the day, I feel like I'm leaving feeling empowered. Register now for this event by calling 435-669-1206. That's 669-1206. Abundant Reading Systems. Reading at the speed of imagination. 669-1206. This is Dr. Paul. You've heard me talk about a lot of things on this show, and I've interviewed some pretty amazing guests. I love what I do, and one of the nearest things to my heart is my role as a husband and father. I've worked a lot with others who place a strong emphasis on family, and I feel this is my primary purpose, to help others save and enrich their key relationships. It's in this spirit that I invite you parents to join me for a free weekly dose of parental power. Register for this free teleconference at drpaul.org or send me an email at drpaul at creationtreecoaching.com. You will receive an email with the call-in number and access code. The calls are live every Tuesday morning from 1130 to 12 o'clock Mountain Time. I'd love to be part of your parenting team. No, Jason, I was thinking about something just now as we were chatting during the commercial. You know, Paul, I was thinking too. (laughs) I'm glad. We should both continue thinking for the whole show. Don't you think? Yes. And listeners, you keep your brain on too because we got some important stuff to talk about here. 
as you were introducing some of the what works and what doesn't work thing, there's an underlying assumption that we really ought to make extremely clear. And that is that people are the most important things in our life. Yes, definitely. I saw I saw a pillow <laughs> that had kind of an embroidered pattern on it, you know. And the pillow said, the most important things in life are not things. Yeah, totally. And I think we get caught up in that. I mean, you know, I remember a psychology class I took. It was the last or second to last class, and it talked about how there was this way in which psychology over the years was used to influence advertising. And part of that was... Mm-hmm as we had went through the depression and we needed to go through the war to have all of this production to get the economy moving again. But then psychology was used to help people realize that they needed this thing or that thing. And we became mm-hmm. a society of consuming things to such a degree that, that more than any place in the world, we, we use psychologists because we're lonely and we're disconnected mm-hmm. from others and we, Mm-hmm. And we look to things to make us happy rather than relationships. We've talked before on this show about how when you get into a victim mindset, you use people to obtain things, including money. Yeah, And that's when exploitation occurs, and that's when, when deceit and dishonesty become issues. You use people to obtain things. When you finally make the paradigm shift and realize that that only people are the true assets in life and that all things take a second place to people, start focusing on those relationships, prioritizing relationships in your life. That's when the shift occurs. And then instead of using people to obtain things, you are now using things to bless the lives of people. Yes. And that creates an exchange and it creates a flow of abundance that brings prosperity into your life. I agree 100%. You know, it's that association. It's the relationship that really brings you the happiness. I mean, even when we go back to what we were talking about with Christmas and watching the kids open the the gifts, it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. the gift itself that's giving you the joy. It's the fact that that, child is so happy about it. There, there's a connection mm-hmm. between you and the child just as you watch or you see them be all excited about that. And so, mm-hmm. and because of your connection and relationship to that child, you experience joy when you see that they're experiencing joy. Yes. And that's the true money, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. We were talking this morning that my, my grandfather just passed away um, yesterday right. in Hawaii. And you know, by the standards of the world, he lives in Hawaii. Money was never important to him, but, but relationships were. And, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't die a rich man. He didn't die with any amount of worldly wealth to his name that was considerable. But he did mm-hmm. die with many, many people knowing him and loving him. I remember people saying, people that I, that I just met that were from the, from the islands saying, you know, I said that I was from there or that I have relatives there. And when I tell them that my grandfather's name was Ralph Min, they're saying, oh, we know Mr. Min or this or that. And mm-hmm. it's just he, and I think his legacy to me is understanding that relationships are what matter. You know, both of my mm-hmm. parents taught me that. 
And in the end, that's, that's what you take with you, right? Mm. Mm. Your associations, your, your connections. Mm -hmm. And what do you leave? Well, you leave a legacy. And that's, that's so much more important than anything that you could leave. In fact, I've, there's, a, there's a movie and a book out called The Greatest Gift. I don't know if you've seen that one, I Jason. Haven't. I recommend it to all of our listeners. It, uh, we watched it as a family not too long ago, and Ryan's over there nodding. He remembers this movie where you learn from the movie vicariously through the, the person who's going through these experiences what are the most important lessons in life. And those relationships are always at the heart of it. So with that in mind, if we, we may even call this show Prioritizing Relationships. Sounds great to me. That has a neat little double meaning, too. It means what we're going to do is make relationships important, and we're going to become clear about the, the prioritizing of those relationships themselves. Because some are more important than others. Don't you agree? I agree. What what about within the family? Well, I think there, at least personally, I think if you can have the relationship with your spouse, if you're married, to Mm -hmm. be the most important relationship. I mean, the same if you're a religious person, if you make God part of that or Mm -hmm. the higher power, however it is for you, that's part of it. I think you put those things first and then the relationship with your children becomes even better because they realize not only that you as parents are together and united, that gives them Mm -hmm. security. We learned that in -hmm. in graduate school quite a bit, you know, that the security that you provide from a structure standpoint, but also from the relationship itself. I think I've heard Mm -hmm. my father say, you know, his grandparents always kind of kissed each other or, or gave them some sort of caring touch in front of him. And he always remembered Mm -hmm. that, you know, that the best thing that parents can do for their children is to show their love openly for the other spouse in front of the children. Mm -hmm. That's huge. That's huge. And then, you know, show that love for your children. And you have to balance Mm -hmm. that with, there are times when you're going to have to be the disciplinarian where you're going to have to give them consequences that they don't want. But mm. at the same time, you have to be able to show them that you, that you still love them. My five and a half mm. um, year old, he, he sometimes thinks that, that we're upset with him or that we, that we don't love him when we give him a consequence because we were stern. And so when I hear him say that, then I take the opportunity to try to say, you know what, we're doing this because of this, because I want you to learn this or this. Mm-hmm. I still love you. You know, these are your choices, and I want to respect the choice that you make. Um, mm-hmm. But I still love you, and I and you're not a bad person, and I just love being with you. I mean, even this morning, he had a, a consequence, and he was in timeout, and I realized that it was probably a good time for me to be in timeout with him. And we sat and we chatted while he was in timeout. Oh. <laughs> so, what a great connection that is. Yeah, it can be. It can be wonderful. These are transformational experiences. I agree. In fact, Jason, I was having a discussion not too long ago uh, during a trip to Southern California. I was meeting with a group of other entrepreneurs and business owners, and, and I go down there every 90 days for my own coaching through the strategic coach. And uh, one of the guys that I was having lunch with was talking about 
a recent discussion that he had had with his, I think it was his five-year-old son. He's about the same age as your boy. And the, the interesting activity that he did with him, and I, I would just throw this out there to you listeners. You can put this in your family toolbox. The interesting activity he did with him was to say, hey, buddy, let's see if we can list everything that you've learned how to do since you were born. That's great. Now, can you imagine that? And for a five-year-old, you know, the scope is a little different than it would be for someone who's our age, right? Sure. But this little kid just lit up, and he started to think through, oh, man, I know how to speak English. Yeah. Yes, you do. That is us. I know how to ride a horse. You know, and, and they started getting excited about it and listening to these things, and mom came home. And... And this colleague of mine said, hey, we're talking about all the things that Junior has learned how to do since he was born. And then mom started playing along too, you know, and it was just this fun family experience. Mom took all of those things that they wrote on the list and put them into the kid's scrapbook. Well, we had this fun exchange over lunch. And I looked at, there was another, another gentleman seated at our table. He was, a, he was an older fellow. His kids were grown. His kids were out of the house. And he got a tear in his eye. As he identified that and he said, you just changed that child's life. Because he could see that that was a transformational exchange between yeah. a parent and a child. And it seemed so simple to this man. But to, to put it in more of a context, this older gentleman had, as you have, as you have pointed out, Jason, he had gotten consumed or taken up in his career. And he was doing it for his family. At least that's what he told himself all along. And that when he finally was successful enough, then he would turn back to his home and to his family. And, and then he would have the time that he wants. And then he would be able to spend that time with his kids, you know? Yeah. And his kids were grown and gone. He was still hoping to spend time with them. One of his sons died at age 27, 28, something like that, at a young age. And, and so he was very poignantly aware that those relationships are the priority. And had he prioritized those relationships, he would have had a very different experience with his son. And he could see that in this other colleague who was, who was doing that. So I'm yeah. glad you shared that experience that you had with your boy. Well, thanks. Which is a transformational experience. And how can we take just the everyday experiences that we're having in our homes and in our families somehow turn them around to become a transformational experience. Yeah, I think we need to put ourselves in a position to to be able to, to hear that because when we're overwhelmed, it's hard to see those opportunities that they're in front of us. If we can mm -hmm. manage our own stress levels and be open to seeing that, it makes it easier. Mm. You know, That's for sure. I've shared before that there are four basic rules for parents. And the first two don't even have anything to do with the kids. Because the first rule is take care of yourself. Right. You get your own stuff in a pile. And I think one of the greatest gifts you can give your children is a healthy, happy parent. Yes. And then rule number two just comes right back to what you said a few minutes ago about that key relationship with your spouse. You take care of the team. Yes. And that means primarily you and your spouse. If you've 
if you're a two-parent family. Yes. And then the last two are to love your kids and discipline your kids. We've talked about that little balance, you know, having a nice balance between love and structure. Yeah. We'll come back to that as we get back from this next break. Sounds Stay with great. us. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. Are you walking on million-dollar ideas? Richard Reb walks on his $80 million idea every day. In fact, 600 million people walk on Richard Reb's idea every day as well. Richard decided that grocery floors had much better uses than getting dirty. He invented a material that you can place large advertisements on to put on the floors. Imagine going up an aisle in a grocery store and thinking about cookies. Then, all of a sudden, you see a 48-inch advertisement for a certain kind of cookie, and you look up, and there the cookies are. Richard called it the floor ad. With manufacturers desperate to get an advantage over their competitors and expose their brands more, Richard discovered the Florad was a simple idea worth millions. His company supplies Florads for names like Procter & Gamble, Kellogg, Kraft Foods, Nestle, Campbell's Soup, and ConAgra, just to name a few. His company ranked number 11 in the world for fastest growing private company. His Florads are in over 200,000 locations, and Richard himself, won the famed Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea Wouldn't you like to know This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live on Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly e-zine, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. This whole thing about love and structure, love and discipline, that comes after the first two rules, which are take care of yourself and then take care of the team or take care of that marriage. Right. Absolutely crucial. You, you said something that uh, triggered my thinking about this, Jason, when you said that this is the stability or the, st the structure or the security that these kids are looking for. And when you think of yourself as a little kid, remember, they see the world totally differently than we do as yeah. adults and their whole sense of whether this world is a safe place or not is often tied up in their perception of their parents yeah because dad's the strongest man in the world mom is you know the best mom in the world that's what they see you know and mm -hmm. my and dad can beat up your dad yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> all that fun stuff 
I had one final thought about love and structure, and then I want to launch into some tools, and I know you've brought a bunch with you to share with our Sounds listeners. Sounds great, yeah, let's do that. The love and structure. Psychology, which you and I have both studied. We both have doctoral degrees in, in psychology. clinical psychology. Yes. It's really more of an art than a science. Yeah, I would say that. But it masquerades as a science. Well, and even it, in good art, there are rules. You know, yeah, if sure. you do it with the structure then and principles it, and yes. So well, the the reason I commented about that is because there's been a there's been a number of research studies that have been done in psychology with varied and assorted findings. One of the most consistent findings that I have seen in all of the research in psychology, which goes back years and years and years, has to do with this concept that there are two fundamental components to creating a well-adjusted child or to to fostering or enhancing the probability that your child will be well-adjusted, happy, prosperous, successful. And those two components are some version of of and structure, and structure or discipline. Well, and I don't know if everyone out there noticed this, but the order is so important in the way you said that. Right. The love comes first. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we get caught up in the structure and we forget that love part just because we're frustrated and trying to make sure that the structure sticks. Mm-hmm. So we have to pull ourselves back whenever we feel like we're reacting because that's usually when the yelling and screaming happens is when we're frustrated and we're at the end of our rope Mm -hmm. that's right and we're we're trying to get the structure to stick but we've said something three or four Mm -hmm. times and the child somehow didn't hear it you Mm -hmm. know that's right type of thing so the love is so important but but you're right this is something that we talk about almost every week on my parental power call and you heard an ad for that in the last break where I've got uh, an opportunity for parents to call up. It's a live call once a week. If you're interested in that, go to drpaul.org or send me an email, drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com, and I'd be happy to get you signed up. But the reason that I thought about that is because we're constantly talking about this balance of love and discipline, love and structure. And it's not an easy balance to keep, really. Mm. It it takes practice. It takes lots of practice, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when you've studied it for years and you're teaching people, you still have to say, <laughs> yeah. hey, okay, that's right. We've got to practice this, you know? I can't tell you how many times in my own family, and Ryan can probably relate to this. He's, <laughs> He's over there now. He knows me better than anybody else in this room, right? But... Uh, there are constantly times when I'll say to myself, self, you teach this stuff. Right. Listen to your own advice. You know, we talked about that earlier too. But let's get into some tools, shall we? I know you've brought a book with you that you might want to reference. Sure. But let me preface this for just a minute because I want our listeners to understand who they're working with. Uh, Jason, you're not one to toot your own horn much. But I remember from working with you at the clinic that you were one of our most popular therapists. And I think it's because you have this way of communicating with people, including kids and parents, in a way that helps them to feel valued, but you can help them to see the principles that are going to help their situation. And so there were countless times when, when people would come through the clinic and they would request 
Dr. Jason Adams. That's who I want to work with. And that's made you valuable in the other positions that you've, you've held. I just want our, our listeners to realize that we are talking with an expert here today. Dr. Jason Adams knows what he's talking about when it comes to relationships, especially family relationships, spousal relationships, parent-child relationships. And I so much respect your opinion and your expertise in this area. And so I wanted to toot your horn for you a little bit so that our listeners will pay attention. Well, I appreciate that, Paul. I, I do. That's, you know, and if you think about that, whenever you have an opportunity to genuinely give some praise to someone else in front of other people, boy, mm-hmm. it sure makes them feel good. And I don't know if you can tell this by my voice, mm-hmm. but I feel pretty good right now. Thanks, Dr. Yeah. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and I wasn't just trying to blow smoke either because I really genuinely respect your professional opinions on these matters, and you already just shared a tool. Yeah, and that's what I was going to bring up here is that, you know, when you can give genuine gratitude or praise to someone, mm-hmm. to them directly, and even if you can do it to them directly in front of other people, and it's genuine, mm-hmm. it's real, it's not made up to to puff them up or to make them look good and it's not true, but it's real, mm-hmm. that is a huge thing to create, how Stephen Covey would say, you know, a positive in the emotional bank account. Yeah, you're making a deposit. You're making a deposit, can and I, it's huge. Can I make one more deposit real quick? Sure. While I'm depositing? That sounds great. This young man seated over here at the computer, he doesn't have a mic, so he can't defend himself. Actually, he could turn one on that's near him if he chose to. But Ryan, my son, just turned 18. This is the greatest kid. Not even a kid anymore. He's a man. That's true. You can see that. He does a fantastic job here at Live On Purpose Radio. Have you noticed, uh, hopefully you listeners have noticed that that it sounds reasonably professional. We're just a bunch of guys who don't know what we're doing. (laughs) But the reason that it sounds as good as it does is because of Ryan. He does such a great job. He is the most responsible, most conscientious person that we could have in this position. And I just want to put some kudos out to Ryan while we're making some deposits. And I hope that feels good to you, Ryan, because that's genuine too. And Adam. Adam's not here. Adam is, is Ryan's uh, almost 16-year-old brother. And between the two of them, they have teamed up to produce this show in a way that I just so much appreciate. Well, they've done an excellent job. I've listened to your previous podcasts, and I think mm-hmm. it sounds incredibly good it's just very well done very professionally done so in saying this jason i wanted to give an example of what our listeners could start to do within their own families and i i genuinely have an appreciation for ryan and for adam and the way that they have built this show and teamed up with me and worked with me and i value that so much having my boys working with me on this project what can you do As a listener to this show, what can you do today? I would like you to commit to doing this today. Use the tool that we're giving you. Express appreciation and gratitude, sincere appreciation and gratitude, for some key person in your life, whether that's your spouse or your children. Start with them, but do it in their hearing and in the presence of others. I, I think agree. that's a powerful tool. Thank that's you. That's a huge tool. It's p- very powerful. 
And you know, part of my thought here is if it's if you're in a place where where maybe there's strain in your relationship and that may sound almost foreign, you know, if if you're not getting along with your teenager or if you're not getting along with your spouse and it's because of stressors or things going on, if you if you feel like that might sound a little contrived, even mm-hmm. though there's genuine praise there, then do something else just before you do that because it'll help you feel genuine in giving that praise. Okay, what's that? Make a list of the things that you enjoy about that person. Mm. Just start because what it what it'll do is it'll start the ball rolling. And if you commit to yourself to just add a few things every day, within a few days you'll be giving that mm. verbal praise and that verbal gratitude. I mean there's many examples of how you might do that. If if you're religious, a huge thing, it, you know, if you have your family prayers or or if you have prayers with your spouse, make specific mention about things that have either that you enjoy about that person, their traits, the things that you love about them, or what they've done as a thing that you're grateful for in the prayer. That's one thing that that can be huge. That's This is so validating for me to listen to you give this advice. You and I didn't compare notes before the show no. to see, well, what tools do you use and what tools do you use? Now, we've worked together in the past, and you called me a mentor earlier, which is an honor it's to true. be considered that way. But I have learned so much from you, too. And here you are talking about things that I use as tools, too. I, I routinely ask people to, to make a list of 25, 50 things that they are sincerely and and genuinely grateful for and that they appreciate about their spouse or about their child if they've got some strain going on with their child. It changes their focus, completely changes their focus, changes the feel of the relationship and launches them in a totally different direction. Oh, I agree 100%. Um, this man named John Gottman is a relationship expert. Um, he is well known in the field of family relationships, mostly with within marriages. But he talks about a concept called sentiment override. There's a positive sentiment override and there there's a negative sentiment override. And he really explained that on the positive side, it takes work to stay on the positive side. But the idea is, um, and this is directly from him, this means that a, if you're talking about positive sentiment override, that a couple's positive thoughts about each other in their marriage are so pervasive that they tend to supersede their negative feelings. Their positivity causes them to feel optimistic about each other and their marriage, to assume positive things about their lives together, and to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Boy, don't we always oh. all need the benefit of the doubt at times? I mean, think about your friendships. And most of the time you're doing positive things together, so you're going to give your friends the benefit of the doubt. But you spend all your time with your family, so you get the good and the bad. And if you're not making a, an effort to focus on the good, mm-hmm. you're going to focus more on the negative and then not always give the benefit of the doubt when it should be given. And it's something that has to be done on purpose because it doesn't happen by default. Exactly. We'll be right back. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? 
You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hidden messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go there today and enjoy free shipping for the holidays so you can have a more better life and live that life on purpose. Oh, boy. I just realized something, Jason. What? This is our last segment. Oh, it is. We're starting to get excited there. There's lots to talk about. We're just getting fired up. I'm going to have to have you back on the show to talk about some things that we are not going to get to today. I'm loving this thing about the positive sentiment override. And I have tried several different ways of helping people to understand that what you focus on, what you attend to, is what you're going to experience and what you're going to get more of in your life. And everyone has flaws. Everyone I know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're pretty close to perfect. Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you the can funny say thing that is, about your friends because you know a lot better, right? right exactly. You know, we, we spend all this time knowing what our own faults are. But boy, we sure tend to focus a lot more on other people's faults than our own. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know there's a psychological term about that, but at the moment I can't remember what that is. Mm. So, Well, there's, uh, the, yeah, there's a lot of interesting psychological uh, dynamics that occur. And you make these attributional errors, is what I like to right. call them, you know, where you you assume or conclude certain things just based on your own perception that are uh, the farthest thing from the truth. Exactly. And when you when you realize everybody has flaws and you choose to focus on what you're grateful for and what you appreciate, you feel very differently about that person. It's true. And that is, it's more powerful than people realize. Gratitude is something that can, 
I mean, it changes your perspective. Mm-hmm. It helps you stay positive. It draws people to you rather than pushing them away. And you know, Gottman's idea about sentiment override, the thing that I got mostly from him is that without even trying, you can easily fall into negative sentiment override. Mm. It doesn't take much at all to stay on the negative side of things, but it does take effort to stay on the positive side of things. And I always thought it was Gottman that said this, but it may be someone else. I think you might remember the 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 source, but the idea that it takes five positive statements to equal out mm. one negative statement, that it, you know, it takes mm. five times more effort to stay positive, but the rewards mm-hmm. are so much worth it. The idea about this sentiment override is so important to 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 get, you know, to understand mm-hmm. that if you stay on the positive and focus on that, and even when the difficult things are happening, you're more likely to see something that could be positive or negative in you know, in an interaction with your spouse or with your kids, things don't go the way they would, or you're a little frustrated because you're overwhelmed about something and you snap at them. Instead of Mm -hmm. there being a huge reaction between each other, you know, you forgive each other, you let it go, you don't, you don't make a big deal about it. And then you say sorry afterward when everyone's calmed down. That, that's a huge thing if you've been working on being positive all Mm -hmm. the time, you know. When you said the five to one thing, the thing that I'm remembering was uh, actually a show that I did with one of our colleagues, Dr. Randy Hyde. Oh, great. I'm so excited that Dr. Randy Hyde will be back on this show in about a month. That's I've great. I've got him scheduled to come and do a show. And he was talking about happiness and specifically authentic happiness, uh, which is a term that was coined by Martin Seligman. He's one of the past presidents of the American Psychological Association and has done some fabulous research on happiness. And I remember Dr. Hyde referring to this, uh, this idea that if you have an even balance, if you have a negative for every positive or a positive for every negative, and it's kind of evenly balanced 50-50, one for one, that is a recipe for depression. That yeah. is not sufficient to get you over the hump. I think it's because of something that you said, that it takes work for the positive sentiment override, that's because positivity contains energy. And as you put energy into the equation, that's what has the power to change it in the positive direction. Yeah, that's great. I had never thought of it that way. And he had shared it as being a five-to-one thing. If you want the positive override, you push for a five positives to every one negative. And you're going to have some pretty good results. I've also heard, and I can't document this, but I'm going to spread the folklore. Okay, Sounds great. <laughs> that in the typical junior high setting, the ratio is more like 13 to 1. Negative to positive. Towards your teenager. Yeah. The feedback. The things get. that they are encountering on a regular basis out there in the world. Now, it gets a little better by the time they get to high school. But Ryan could probably you know, attest to this, that it's difficult there too. True, very true. And the world is that way. So it's going to take an input of energy to create light. You think about it. What takes energy, light or darkness? Light. It's light. And if you're going to make some light in this world, you better start putting some energy into it. But the amazing thing is you put the energy in and it comes back. You don't put any energy in, nothing comes back. Mm -hmm. That's right. 
That's right. We had a discussion a few shows ago. I can't even remember who my guest was at the time. But we talked about priming the pump. Oh, I think it was Shay Larson. Oh. The guy who does the World of Ideas report. Oh, I love that report. That's okay. kind of fun, isn't yes. it? Yes. It just highlights the genius of those people that are all around us. It's just great. It's fantastic. But priming the pump, you know, uh, having the faith to put it in, to dump it in there, and knowing that in doing so, you're going to be able to create the returns and to get that back. And it always comes back to you. I had another thought as you were talking too, Jason, that this positive sentiment override is something that you can try. I want everybody to think of a person or a situation. It could be a situation you have with a person or a company or whatever, but it always comes back to a person in one way or another. Maybe it's someone who's offended you. Maybe it's someone that you're holding some kind of a grievance. And I want you to try this experiment. Make the list. Make the list. 25 things that you're genuinely and sincerely grateful for related to that person. And especially if it's someone in your key relationships, your spouse or your kids, try it. See what happens. And I'm going to throw out a little uh, tool that I picked up from another guest of mine, Amanda Dixon, who said, just try it. If you don't like feeling better... You can always go back to being grumpy. Yeah, you can always go back. So give it a try. Yeah, I like that one. She's great. I enjoyed listening to her. I think we might have time for for a few more gems, a few more tidbits. Is there another tool that you would like to share with our listeners? You know, spending regular time together. And, you know, the gratitude and the forgiveness thing go hand in hand, but... But really, spending that time together makes a difference, especially if you realize that that things aren't going the way you want them to, or you're or you've noticed frustration increase. That might be part of the tool there. If you're noticing your own frustration levels, if they're going up, it's time for you to look at what's going on in the relationship. It could be a signal, the same like a fire. Um, what are those things called? <laughs> A smoke detector. <laughs> oh, a smoke detector. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't detect the fire. It detects the smoke. The results of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. But, you know, if because, you know, that's what they taught us in graduate school. I, mm-hmm. in therapy, I would try to notice how I was feeling because it was a good gauge of how the other people might be feeling, even if mm-hmm. they hadn't told me everything that they were feeling. And then mm-hmm. I would just ask questions about it. And see if really what I was feeling was what they were. And more often than not, you can tell the gauge. I mean, yourself is a good gauge. You're a good barometer. Mm-hmm. You know, Leslie Householder even said that on her program, excuse me, on her um, podcast with you, that you can walk into a room and tell if someone's angry, even if they say, oh, nothing's wrong. Right. Even the dog knows something's even wrong. Even the dog knows something's wrong. That whole idea mm-hmm. about there really are vibrations um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's an, another discussion in and of itself, but, you mm-hmm. know, use yourself if you pay attention to what's going on with you rather than pushing it away because maybe you don't have time to deal with it or it's too hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. If you face that and deal with it, you're going to do a lot better in your relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, humility is another key. Just be willing to, to say sorry, even mm-hmm. if you don't think you're wrong. Right. That's a huge tool. If you can use that in relationships, that'd be great. I mean, Mm -hmm. that will take you so far just to say sorry. 
And it doesn't have to be a contest to see who says sorry first. Just, no. you know, it's not worth... I mean, really, do you have to be right in order to feel better? Or would it be better to have the relationship mm-hmm. continue? And Well, another of our colleagues, Kevin Whittington, uh, did a show with me early on in this, this podcast run, and he said you can be right or you can be in relationship. Yeah. Don't try to do both. <laughs> Jason, we've got a couple of minutes before we wrap up. Thank you for your contribution so far. I want to make sure that we have a way to point people your direction if they would like to consult with you or if they want to pick your brain about something because you truly are an expert in helping people to manage these key relationships in their life. You're associated now with Creation Tree Coaching. That's correct. And that is a great thing. It is. I'm glad to be a part of the, the team. So could you share with people what uh, what ways they can get a hold of you, email, um, might be one of the better ways. Sure, that'd be that What's probably is the best way. Um, right now, I know they're setting up um, some accounts for me, so I think Dr. Jason at creationtreecoaching.com is one way to get a hold of me. So Dr. Jason. Dr. Jason. At creationtreecoaching.com. You can remember Dr. Paul, Dr. Paul at creationtreecoaching.com. And we are affiliated in Creation Tree Coaching, so that's a good way to get to you too. Right, exactly. Um, I don't have a bio up yet, but that will, is coming mm-hmm. soon. Um, you can get a hold of me by a phone number, 801-885-8464. Okay, 885-8464 with an 801 prefix. I just remembered something else too, Jason. You and I will be at an event next Thursday, a week from today. So the date for that is the 17th, I believe. I believe so. January 17th. For those of you who are in the southern Utah area, Dr. Jason and Dr. Paul will be at the same event, which will be, I think, at 6 o'clock that night. Six or seven. I'm not positive on the time. You can check the either Dr. Paul's site or Creation Tree Coaching, and we'll have a Do you want to tell people what that is real quick? Sure. We, um, a colleague of mine and I, uh, John Ferris, are, have a company that we started called Cashflow Paradigm, and we love playing Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Cash 101. Cashflow. I love that game. It's great. We love it. That is a kick. We're going to have a Cashflow night. That's next Thursday, the 17th. If you want details about that, email either myself or Dr. Jason. We can get you the details. And watch my Empower messages. I'll be posting it there as well. Sounds great. Dr. Jason, thank you. Thanks, Dr. Paul. For being on this podcast episode today. Dr. Jason Adams has been here with us on Live on Purpose. Go out there and do that, everybody. I hope you have a great time this next week. We'll be back with another episode in about a week. Hang in there, Live on Purpose.